Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first time we've recorded at my house, at my studio. Uh, it's always a pain in the ass because you're so busy. Yeah. Yeah. You, important. Yeah. Right. You're being right. busy isn't necessarily being important. By no. The way. No. No. It's not. I'll tell you what. Like, man, this setup. You said Brittany did this. Is badass. Yeah. She did all of it. She hung the shelves and the flag. Uh, Joel did the lighting and stuff, but she did all this stuff on the walls. She's badass. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I can't do any of that. Yeah, I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. What, um, man, shit's crazy right now, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot going on these days. Um, you were just on uh, Rogan. A lot of people saw that. Yeah, I was on Rogan. I, I did Andy Frisella on Monday. Mm. Yeah, um, he's a good dude. How do you like that? Have you ever been to First Form before? That's where I was at. Like, have you been there, though? That's where I was at. I know. Before that, No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, it's dope as fuck. Dude, here. it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that place is um, insane. And they bought that um, that big spot across the street, too. And they're putting two more yeah, buildings in over there, ridiculous. which is insane. Yeah. He's just a good guy. Yeah, I like him. <clears throat> you know, just and a bunch of good people there. So it was just awesome hanging out with them and bullshitting with them. And <clears throat> Yeah, DJ's a good dude, too. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, they're um, just badass people. Did you run into Derek White at all? Yeah. Yeah, he was out there working out, doing yeah. his thing, getting down. Uh, yeah, he's always there. Uh, um, that's why he looks the way he does. Yeah, that dude's a fucking animal. He's an animal. He's always been like that since uh, we were in the army. I thought he was bigger in person, though. Like, he's not that big of a guy. Uh, no, he's I mean, he's jacked. Short. He's yeah, jacked, yeah. but I, I just thought he was like a. I always imagined being like six foot. No, he's like what is he five eight, five nine, something mm-hmm. like that. He's he's not a tall guy, but he's a fucking animal, beast, that dude. like a fucking beast. Um, um, yeah, somebody should do something. He's got to be stopped. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do. Probably call the cops. Who, on Derek? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, let's do it. We'll see how it goes. Let's, fucking, let's just call the cops right now. I don't want them here. I got too no. many drugs and guns in the house. Let's call them on Derek. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, that might seem suspicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, speaking of, of calling the cops on people, um, uh, Tim, you know Tim Pool, right? Yeah. Like, he keeps getting swatted. Over and over. It's happened twice this week. Really? And it's happened five times in like the last month and a half or so. So I hooked him up with uh, some people I know that do like extreme physical security. My buddy was the... um, What do you mean swatted? Swatted like you call the cops and tell them that there's some kind of armed standoff or active shooter at somebody you don't like at their house and the cops show up kick the fucking door in right like the SWAT team shows up so swatted yeah people been doing that a lot to him um why I don't know I mean he's he's kind of a dick I guess like we are talks a lot of shit but he's it's because he does a fuckload of research and uh, you know, like anybody else, he's right sometimes, wrong sometimes, um, but is very adamant about holding other people accountable and making uncomfortable points. And I guess a lot of people don't like that. Because well, these, yeah. these days, if you say stuff that people don't like, you're a Nazi, right? Which yeah. is funny because it's okay. Facebook has allowed, uh, I don't know if it's in the notes today. I don't know if uh, Coop added anything about that. But Facebook's allowing open praise for that brigade of nazis that are fighting for ukraine right now because they're fighting against russia like they seriously have an internal memo saying it's okay to praise those nazis 
but not the ones that were in the trucker convoy uh, who weren't Nazis. Like yeah. the actual Nazis are okay to praise because they're fighting Russia. And for some reason, the mainstream media thinks Russia equals Trump, even though he fucking lit their ass up. Dude, all this doesn't got. make sense. Yeah, well, it's, this is the wildest time. In all of human history, this is the wildest shit I've ever seen. I mean, it's fucking cool, kind of. If people weren't getting hurt because of it, it would be so surreal. It would be like uh, walking in on two celebrities fucking or something. You know what I mean? Like, what would you do? I'd fucking sit down, take out a notepad, and start taking notes. Obviously, they know what they're doing. Well, hopefully. Right? They're actors. So, um, Or maybe they acted like they knew what they were doing. Either way, the Makes result it- is the same, right? So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> stuff is just so surreal right now. It is, it's hard to, um, I was talking, we had Jack Carr on the show uh, this week, who's, uh, the terminal list comes out June 1st, I think. That's going to be fucking badass. Yeah. Like, Chris Pratt's the best dude in Hollywood. It's like him, Keanu Reeves, and Denzel are the three best dudes in Hollywood, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, all of them do a bunch of shit for veterans. All of them fucking donate time and money to everybody else. But, uh, yeah, he's, he was saying he's been writing all this fiction all these years. And eventually like it's the world is going to become so weird that fiction won't even match what's going on in the world. So you're just going to have to start writing about actual reality that's happening. That's crazy. It is fucked up. Uh, yeah, this Ukraine up. thing right now is pretty, you just don't know what to believe. I don't believe anything. People ask me, like, how do you know what to believe? Uh, uh, do you think this group's telling the truth or that group's telling the truth? I don't think any of these motherfuckers are telling the truth. Um, I, don't think, uh, I don't think that the Russian government is that much worse than the Ukrainian government, just in principle. Now, Russia is obviously a, the aggressor here, so that's minus points for them, but... I don't, I don't think the Russian government is that much more evil intrinsically than the Ukrainian government is because they arrest political dissidents. They fucking throw, they, they do all sorts of weird shit. And I don't think that the Russian people are worse or somehow less deserving of whatever the fuck our good graces than the Ukrainian people are. Russian people are fucking out protesting in mass. Yeah, but what, what, I mean, if, if China came over and started putting up defense systems in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, it might cause some alarm. What would we do? Well, I can tell you what we would do. We would send a naval blockade um, to Cuba because that's what we did during the fucking uh, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. So, I mean, it's like... I get that point. Now, I don't think that the stuff that Putin is doing is justified. And Jack Carr uh, actually had a pretty, uh, not unique, but an interesting take on this. And I think it was based on um, this book, The Accidental Superpower. But... I don't remember the exact numbers, but when the Soviet Union broke up, um, Russia, the Russian Federation, lost the majority of ethnic Russian people, right? So uh, Slavic people. And as it's captured new territory to the north and the the east, those aren't ethnic Russians. Their territory is growing, but it's not growing with ethnic Russians. And the largest group of ethnic Russians that exist outside of the Russian Federation is in the Ukraine. And Jack believes that's what this fight's all about. And he may be right about that. Um, but we'll get into that <clears throat> here in a few. Uh, first, we're calling this one Zelensky the man of many faces because I, I wanted to dig into 
Russian Ukraine history a little bit and then talk about the Zelensky guy. Cause to be honest, uh, this all, all of this seems way too convenient. Well, yeah. Like the way that they're pushing this dude as some kind of fucking savior and shit. I just don't believe any of it. Honestly, it seems, he seems like a fucking crisis actor to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. Like just the timing that we're out of Afghanistan now. You know, yeah. we, we had nowhere to no, and and I mean, do you think we're still buying oil as of today? Are we buying oil from Russia? Oh yeah. Well, so somebody well, told so me. Well, so far as I know, we we may have cut it off, um, but it's you know, this this whole thing. I, I wrote a piece of Newsweek about it. I didn't have room to add as much context as I was like as I would have liked, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on. So our independ- our our dependence on Russian fuel peaked back in the 90s um and then at some point bush leaned more on opec to get more oil and then maybe venezuela as well and we started using more fracking natural gas and shit like that and our total import of oil started a steep decline i think from 2008 when obama took office it was a 64 percent import and then by the time by 2020, it was like 11%. So it had mm. gone down. But our the amount of Russian oil that we got in the first two years of Trump's, first two and a half years of Trump's presidency went way down. And then the sanctions on Venezuela in 2018, uh, we, he kind of boxed himself in. I think he made a mistake on being so aggressive with Venezuela without having a backup plan for yeah. Russia because then we had to lean more heavily on Russia and, and our sale or our purchases from russia went up i I think it was by about 20 percent but the keystone pipeline and anwar drilling were supposed to resolve that so we we get like 600 to 700 thousand barrels a day from russia and anwar produces about 840 a day right that was or not anwar i'm sorry the keystone pipeline that was supposed to be the solution there they just didn't let him do it and the first thing that biden did when he got into office was kill that isn't that weird yeah it is. It's it's really stupid, but it's one of the problems with American politics too. Like the, this peaceful change of power every four years. How the fuck are you? If if a plan takes five, even five years to get done, and Keystone would have taken like from the beginning of Trump's presidency until uh, it would it would have been about six years for it to be outputting the amount that we needed. Um, so six years. So you're not guaranteed two terms. You're not even guaranteed one, but you're not guaranteed two. But if it if the so if the plan takes five or six years, you're lucky if you're able to implement your plan. If it takes nine or ten years, your plan doesn't get done. No. You know what I mean? But Russia and most other countries have these not even ones that are dictatorial, ones that are that are resolved by uh, parliamentary votes and things like that instead of the way we have things set up. Not that one's better than the other. It's just different. And we haven't figured out a way to get shit done. Because as soon as Biden came in on day one, he uh, killed Keystone, fucked us over there, uh, undid the sanctions on Nord Stream 2, right? Yeah. Which is what got Germany in the fucking trouble they're in right now. Uh, <clears throat> he rolled back all of the fucking border policies that Trump had. Fucked that up hugely right so just one asshole that's asleep at the wheel can come in and fuck up all your work on in one day in one day one day and you can see the results in less than a year you know what i mean so anyways uh history of ukraine 
and Russia. This is all really interesting to me, how this all came about. So um, let's see. Russia and Ukraine have a long history that stretches back to the 9th century AD. Uh, the Federation of Slavic, Baltic, and Finnic people were collectively known as Rus, R-U-S. Um, according to old Russian documents, uh, Kiev or Kiev was originally proclaimed the, quote, mother of Rus cities and uh, considered the capital of the late medieval state of Rus. So Kiev is uh, to Russian patriots, I guess, the Russian Federation people. That's, it, it's, I, I, I wouldn't say it's like Jerusalem or anything like that, but it's similar, right, historically speaking. So... Um, it wasn't until after the Mongol invasion of Kiev Rus that the histories of the Russian and Ukrainian peoples actually diverged. So they were one people before the Mongol invasions uh, in the 9th and 10th century. Um, let's see. The uh, proto-Russian state was successful in uniting the remnants of northern Rus states uh, and... Ukraine later fell under the control of the Grand Duchy of Lithuania, followed by Polish, Lithuanian, and Commonwealth. Hmm. Um, Europe in the early part of the last millennia was in great tumult, I guess you might say. Yeah. People like um, King Canute was he became like he king the king of Denmark became the king of England, right? Like the the Vikings controlled large parts of England. Uh, Leif Gerritsen fucking went to Greenland and shit. They were just, they were spread out from that area a lot. And it was, it was fucking crazy around there. There's actually, there's a series on Netflix that has Leif Gerritsen in it now, but it's like, uh, he's, or Leif Erikson, excuse me. And he's like, um, in England fighting people like that never happened. They just made all this shit up, but it is interesting to look back at that stuff. Anyways, the Commonwealth, um, was frequently resisted by the Cossacks uh, until a full-scale rebellion broke out, uh, seeking to join Russia, with which the Cossacks shared much of their language, culture, and religion. Uh, following the Treaty of Uf, Periaslav in 1654, Ukraine was gradually absorbed into the Russian Empire and became part of Russia itself in the 18th century, so this uh, 1700s. The Russian Empire considered Ukrainians to be ethnically Russian and often referred to them as, quote, little Russians. <laughs> uh, the Russo-Turkish War of 1829, 1828 and 29 saw the Ottomans fighting the Russians, uh, which led to conflict over the Danube River Delta between two empires, two of the greatest empires on Earth at the time. Um, and remember, Russia wasn't... They weren't like a fucking a communist dictatorship until the early part of the 20th century. Uh, before that, they were a fucking empire, much in the same way that uh, uh, all of the Northern European empires, German Empire, the Germanic Empire, fucking England, etc. Um, control over the Danube eventually led to the Crimean War in 1853, where an alliance of French, Ottoman, and British forces fought to internationalize the river, purportedly in support of Christian minorities in Palestine. Although I doubt that's the yeah. real case. Yeah. They just say that shit. Um, Russia ultimately lost the Crimean War, causing them to fall behind other major world powers in the West and influencing their involvement in World War I. The uh, 
February Revolution in 1917 saw the establishment of official relations between the Russian provincial government and the Central Council of Ukraine. Following military actions by the Soviets in 1918 during World War I, Ukraine declared full independence from the Russian Republic, creating the Ukrainian People's Republic, which lasted until 1922, so for four years. Uh, in 1922, Ukraine and Russia became two of the founding members of the USSR, mm. um, or the Uni uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Uh, the Soviet Union, as, as we call it. Uh, between 1932 and 33, Ukraine experienced the uh, Holodomor, or, quote, extermination by hunger. Uh, they had a great famine there. Um, scholars currently disagree on whether the Holodomor was intentional or the result of economic problems caused by changes implemented during the period of liquidation of private property and Soviet industrialization. I, I To me, that's kind of a moot point, because yeah. we know where... Authoritarian socialism is only socialism for people. Like for the ruling class, they are rich, and everybody else is a socialist, right? You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It always works that way. Um, scholars currently disagree about that, but I, again, I, I just don't know. Like, if you think think about it this way, we're in a capitalist society right now. They were in more of a feudal feudalistic kind of situation with regional governors and shit. But let's just map it on to today. If all of a sudden you started seeing people not own their homes anymore. Oh, wait, we are doing that. Oh, wait, that. we are. Yeah, we are doing that. Uh, and then you see rampant inflation. Yep, doing that too, right? So those two, two things go kind of hand in hand. And when you're a state that doesn't produce uh, a lot of your own food, like Ukraine, that's a problem, right? Because yeah. like Russia produces a lot of wheat, believe it or not, for a lot of people. It's a bizarre thing anyways. 91, uh, both Ukraine and Russia became signatories to the treaty, which dissolved the Soviet Union uh, when the wall fell, uh, the Berlin Wall fell, obviously, and uh, the Cold War allegedly ended. Um, <clears throat> after the dissolution of the Soviet Union, Ukraine gained its independence and inherited the third largest nuclear stockpile in the world. Hmm. Um, to put that in perspective, their stockpile, in 1992, Ukraine agreed to voluntarily remove 3,000 tactical nuclear warheads, including UR-110 ICBMs and RT-23 Molodet ICBMs, uh, and still had plenty of weapons left over. And they did that because they had that agreement with Russia. And with us. And with us. Yeah, like Clinton begged them to get rid of their nukes, and, and that's coming up. And so. basically said we would protect them. Yeah, if so they got rid of them. Following the signing of the 1994 Budapest uh, Memorandum on Security Assurances, Ukraine agreed to destroy the rest of their nuclear stockpile and join uh, the Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons. In uh, 1996, Ukraine transferred all remaining Soviet-era strategic warheads back to Russia. So our deal with Ukraine was give up all your nukes because we don't want you to have them. Uh, uh, destroy them, and we will protect you. So yeah. not only did they, not, they destroyed a lot of them, gave the rest back to Russia, right? Which is not great for us either. And then we didn't do much to protect them in exchange for that. The West didn't, I mean. Uh, and that's, that kind of lays the groundwork. I mean, you can understand why. But I also want to like say yeah. with that agreement, so I can't remember what that agreement was called. Um, but so it, it was supposed to renew every 10 years. Mm. Ukraine decided not to renew it in 2018. Uh, because in that agreement, Russia, Russia stated they would not invade them. 
Yes. If they gave that up. I don't know what that what's that agreement called? Um, it's called the um Let's see. Here, I'm trying to find it right here. I looked at it the other day. I did some research on it. Um I don't here recall here, it, here it is right here. Between Russia and them. It's called the um uh maybe the French Treaty Agreement. Um Well, I mean there was the uh the Budapest Memorandum in ninety four is the one between <laughs> Russia and Ukraine. Um, it's called the Big Treaty. The Big Treaty. Yeah. So, so this treaty um, was. So it's an agreement. There's an agreement. It was, it was signed in '97, uh, fixed on the principle of strategic partnership, the recognition and involvability and of existing borders and respect for territorial integrity and mutual commitment to use its territory to harm security each other's. Mm. So basically what it is, it prevents Ukraine and Russia from invading one another's country respectively. So, um, this, this was, this treaty, uh, was supposed to automatically be renewed on the 10th anniversary of its signing. right? Right. So it just, it just did that. And, uh, unless one party advised the other of its intention to end the treaty six months prior to the date of the renewal, so um, uh, Ukraine announced its in- intention not to renew the treaty in September of 2018. Uh, by doing so, the treaty expired on 31 March 2019. The treaty is known as the Big Treaty. So, and I don't, I don't understand why they didn't renew it, right? Um, Who not, knows, man? Not, Who but, knows? but either way, like I'm just saying, my, my point to this is, is they, they have a little skin in the game on this. Yeah, I mean, Ukraine's not made yeah. great steps, but keep in mind that uh, during that period, I believe Zelensky took power in 2019, so that was right before him, and the last guy was a piece basically of got ran out of town because he was a Russian asset, right? Yeah. So that's what happened there. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> not great. Uh, uh, and a lot of blame to go around as well. Although, just to be clear, whenever criticizing the steps that America and NATO and Ukraine have made, uh, still recognize that Russia is the biggest asshole involved here. Like they're, they're, they're by far the biggest asshole involved, but that doesn't mean like uh, we, we can't control what Russia does, but what we can't control is whether we do stupid shit, like subjugate ourselves to their energy whims yeah. or, uh, 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 fucking, uh, encroach onto their fucking territory with NATO and shit. Like we did all that. Well, and I, and I, and I, and I want to say this because I, I, like everybody keeps getting spun up on this, this aspect of it. When I say Ukraine, like when I'm calling Ukraine a piece of shit or I'm calling Russia a piece of shit, I'm talking about their government, not yeah. their everyday people. Right. Like, like, uh, like, look, our, our government is probably as corrupt as those two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like when I'm talking about fuck Ukraine, fuck Russia, like I'm talking about their government and not, not these citizens who are caught in, in you know in in this no, bullshit. Julian Edelman said it. Um, he's a Jewish guy. Julian Edelman was a wide receiver for the fucking Patriots, a long time Jewish guy. Uh, during some of the that last dust up between Israel and Palestine, he just he tweeted something very simple, like a, a people are not their government. And I think it's something really important to mm. remember in this whole thing. Yeah, uh, and it's. It's something that people in America need to remember, too. If you strip away, like Michael Schellenberger, when he does, when he writes books or whatever it is, um, he told me that 
he never uses the names of any politicians because when you say the names Trump or Biden or Obama or Bush or anything like that, it turns smart people stupid really yeah. fucking fast. And I think uh, if you strip away the names of politicians and political parties and even the names of some of the bills like that they're trying to pass, people by and large agree on 80% of shit. Like yeah. most, and I mean like, not Antifa and stupid shit like that, but people who are even like right-wingers and left-wingers, I don't mean like centrists or anything like that, or even moderates uh, who are a little bit farther to their own sides. I'm talking about people that are solidly left-wing and solidly right-wing, in principle agree on a lot of shit, but they're just getting gaslit so badly. Like there, yeah. there's no money and people agreeing and getting shit done. No, fuck no. And, and, and so, but you know, one question I have just... I'd like to hear your opinion on mm. it. Let's reverse this. If Ukraine invaded Russia, what? H- how do you think? Same reason. You know what I mean? Same, well, I mean, if it was reason. like let, let's let's set up a realistic scenario where uh, Russia started putting troops all over the border, like they did, right? And then Ukraine launched a first strike against those how, how would people respond is a good question i don't do you know. think do you think the media would be like fuck ukraine and get on russia's side no isn't not, it, not isn't one it, fucking prayer yeah isn't it kind of crazy it's a little weird yeah i mean, yeah. I mean it's it's okay. like uh the you have to have a conversation with all the facts and unfortunately the first casualty of war is the truth you know what i mean sure. it's always the case so uh f- a year from now maybe we can have a conversation about how things went Unfortunately, that's not how Twitter works. Yeah, no, uh, it's or, or the media. They're just like they want to. They want to collect just enough information to make whatever fucking stupid point they wanted to make, and then move on with their lives and 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 spike the football. It doesn't make any sense. And then um, my, my my other question is: Do you think there's a coincidence that it came out two weeks ago that that Hillary camp that Clinton campaign was trying to plant stuff on um, Trump? from russia and that you know biden has all their connections to ukraine yeah yeah i mean it's it it is kind of it does feel like it's setting up that way like um because somebody you hate like something you have to hate it right stuff like that so i I see a lot of conservatives going anti-ukraine and like as part of the conflict and that doesn't make any sense to no. me either like I, we don't have a dog in this fight no, uh, like the dog the dog that we do have in this fight the dogs rather one is energy independence and two is just stability in general yeah like the the russian ruble tanking doesn't do us any fucking favors no, no. Uh, I, I saw some people in the media gloating about that like oh the fucking sanctions are working the ruble is tanking like yeah and what you're doing is creating a really fucked up situation in the global currency market. For sure. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just not a, anyways. So. Um, Ukraine and NATO. Relations, yeah. relations between Ukraine and NATO began in 1992, closely following the dissolution of the USSR. Ukraine officially applied to begin, uh, begin a NATO membership action plan in 2008, but the plans were shelved by Ukraine following the 2010 Ukrainian presidential election. The 2010 presidential elections in Ukraine saw uh, Viktor Yanukovych, uh, a Russian sympathizer, being put in power who preferred to keep the country non-aligned with NATO. Yanukovych 
fled Ukraine in 2014 during the Maiden Revolution, which was caused by the Ukrainian government choosing to align with Russia instead of signing the European Union-Ukraine Association Agreement. Um, isn't that kind of interesting? Like, I mean, that, that like that's kind of interesting, too, that now, mm-hmm. you know, this with this Zelensky guy, um, you know, maybe maybe he's not... Maybe that's why they're invading because now Putin's had you know he's had control up until then and now he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm sure that has something to do with it because Yanukovych uh, was a Russian sympathizer, but he wasn't a full blown puppet. Like yeah, the, like the next guy uh, would be. Yanukovych took refuge in Russia and was later convinced or convicted of high treason and complicity in the Russian military intervention in Ukraine. Subsequently, being sentenced to 13 years in prison. Um, following the Rus- the Russo-Ukrainian uh, War in early 2014, Ukrainians elected officials which were closely aligned with NATO. It was around the time that a film called Love in the Big City 3 was released, which starred the future president of Ukraine, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's so he was an actor. We On Drinking Bros the other day, we played this music video of him and like, Leather, super gay. Not going to lie. Um, I don't know if we're going to get to it in this episode or not, but the uh, the next guy, the dude that got um, after uh, this Alexander uh, Turchnyov took over when Homeboy uh, got run out of town and then uh, Petro uh, Poroshenko took over. And I th- Poroshenko has been... Uh, he's one of the people that Zelensky tried to have jailed because he was a political rival. I mean, that's kind of how it is over there. But um, before we do that, let's do some advertisements. Um, I'll tell you what I'll advertise. Yeah. A ghost bed. There's ghost beds in multiple rooms in yeah. this house right now. Um, I'll tell you what. Maybe maybe Putin wouldn't be this way if he was sleeping on a fucking ghost bed. Yeah, did you see that video of that dumb woman that was like, if I was Putin's mom, he would have fucking had all the love he needed when he was a child, and none of this would have ever happened. Same thing. If yeah. I was if I was in Russia, I'd send Putin a ghost bed. If maybe Putin had fucking... a ghost bed, he wouldn't be fucking bitching like this. No, like he would, no. He would be super happy about his life. Super happy. Uh, he, and... he does look like he's put some weight on. Yeah, I don't um, know if that's... Uh, if he's, he's super afraid of COVID, apparently. Oh. So I don't know if he's if it's like uh, he's on steroids or some shit and they're fucking puffing him up. I don't know. Um, ghost but anyways, beds are shit. Ghost beds are badass. Uh, you know they they've been supporting people who support us. Uh, you know they're just a really awesome awesome company. Uh, ghost beds are by far the most comfortable bed on the face of the planet. They have the most badass cooling technology. They've got the cooling sheets. They've got the cooling pillowcases. And for Dan when he's in there drinking milk and cookies in his bed it has they have that badass mattress protector uh they've got the adjustable bed 40 percent off on the bundles that uh they, they have a bundle on there that uh if you get the what is adjustable base and i don't know adjustable base, base in a, any mattress any mattress and then anything else you add to it so the weighted blanket which yeah. is dope i haven't uh received mine yet but i have uh interacted with one i'm not gonna say how uh, but I haven't received my personal one yet. And I'll tell you this, uh, sheets and pillows, the best on earth. As a matter of fact, uh, Brittany and I are flying to Florida Sunday, and we're taking an extra suitcase with our pillows in it. I'm tired of this bullshit. <laughs> like, I can't... Uh, uh, You're doing what? Yeah, you heard me. Uh, <laughs> the the pillows in hotels are preposterous. Yeah. they're. It's like... 
um it's like the early 2000s CIA made them to torture people. Like extraordinary rendition to a hotel, and you have to sleep on that thing for three days. I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. It sucks. So anyways, we're traveling with pillows now. So, that, that's pretty fucking bougie, but man, it's like for an extra bag, it's like 30 bucks. Is it worth it for me? Is 30 bucks worth it for me to actually sleep? For the four days I'm going to be on the road, the answer is yes. Yeah, so sure. go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros and get those deals. Next up, Babel. Uh, you may need to learn how to speak Russian soon. So uh, whether it's saving more and spending less, getting organized, or losing weight, there's a lot of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this new year. At the top of our list is learning a new language with Babel. We have been learning Spanish. Um, we have. And uh, I suck at it. I'm good at reading and writing it, but uh, speaking it, I'm, I'm still not good. Yeah, I think we need to practice. Like we need to fucking – I need to take advantage of some of these other things they do. So – Learning a new language is fun. It actually is like for me. It's like reading a really interesting book because there's immediate feedback. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's for like sure. Re- it's like reading a, th- a page turner, a thriller. Because every I don't know, every like half hour to an hour, I guess, of doing it or 15 minutes is like I've actually learned something new. So it's almost like a mystery thriller for me. Anyways, that's weird, but yeah, you're fucking the whole battle process is addictively fun, fast, and easy. It is. You'll set these. Say it comes in 15 minute increments which is uh, scientifically the best way to learn things. 15-minute um, minute recall, 15, like 15-minute 15 period of not doing stuff, and then 15-minute lesson again, 15-minute recall again. Uh, other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans. Babbel lesson plans were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Uh, their speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent as well, which is what I need to use. So <clears throat> there's so many other ways to learn with Babbel. It's not just like it gamifies a lot of stuff. So you're playing games on your phone to learn the language, but it also has uh, podcasts you can listen to in native languages, uh, games you can play, like I said, video stories, even live classes where you can interact. Uh, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee, so you can try it out, see if you like it, start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Go to Babbel.com. Use the promo code AMERICAN. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Code AMERICAN. Babbel. Language for life. And one more ad that's not on the list but uh, Hard as Fuck Seltzer is now live. Hell yeah. Hardafseltzer.com and uh, buy yourself a couple of cases of Hard AF Seltzer. It's, Where uh, we buy that? What's that? Where we get it at? Hardafseltzer.com. How long does it take to come in? Uh, about a week. Because you're yeah. shipping liquid, so it's not like super fast, but yeah, it takes about a week. How do you buy alcohol online? Do you have to show an ID or something? Uh, the delivery person, yeah. So... You can either set up to the way we do it uh, with our first leaf. So we have first leaf. Brittany and I both have. She has white wine. I have red wine subscriptions. Um, you can either sign for it when it comes to your door, or you can have it sent to like a Walgreens or like we have our sent to Randall's down the oh, street cool. here. Oh, cool! I didn't know. Just go pick it up. Yeah, it's super if. easy. But you can do that with uh, with Hard AF as well. You better jump on it because these things are set. Like every time I click refresh on this, another fucking 20 or 30 cases are off the books. And 
it's only been live for like an hour and a half. So, uh, yeah, you, you should definitely jump on this. Anyways, uh, go to hardafseltzer.com and get yourself a case. I'll give you one when, before you leave. You can take it home. Um, get yourself a case. Try it out. Let us know what flavors you like because uh, I like all of them. Everybody's got their favorites. We've also got some new ones on the way uh, here pretty soon. Anyways, back to the show. So, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, the actor. So, the current president of Ukraine, uh, Volodymyr, which is kind of a bastardization of Vladimir, it's Ukrainian for Vladimir, Zelensky, is a former actor and comedian who grew up in central Ukraine prior to his acting career. He obtained a degree in law from uh, the Kiev or Kiev National Economic University, when he was 17. Zelensky joined a local comedy team that later later won a comedy uh, competition called KVN in 1997. That same year, uh, he created and headed a comedy team known as Kvartal 95 from 98 to 2003. Uh, That group performed in the highest open league of KVN. (coughs) Excuse me. Zelensky and uh, Kvartal... 95 spent a lot of time in Moscow and frequently toured around post-Soviet countries. In 2003, they started producing TV shows. And in 2006, Zelensky took part in the Ukrainian version of Dancing with the Stars. I'm sure some of you have seen that video uh, out there. Uh, Zelensky eventually appeared in the feature film Love in the Big City in 2008, (laughs) which spawned multiple sequels. Um, I wonder if that movie is like, if everybody's going to watch that movie now, if it's on Amazon. Yeah, I bet it's it's popping up. he went on to star in other films such as Office Romance, Our Time, and Love in the Big City 2. It seems like uh, he was uh, kind of a rom-com guy. Yeah. Um, in January of 14, Love in the Big City 3 was released right around the time of the uh, Russian-Ukrainian War, the Crimea- Crimean thing. Um, Zelensky voiced Paddington Bear in the Ukrainian dub version of the 2014 film Paddington which was based on the most boring cartoon character of all time besides Arthur. Uh, in August of 2014, Zelensky unsuccessfully spoke out against the Ukrainian Ministry of Culture's intention to ban Russian artists from Ukraine. So he was actually uh, against that, against banning Russian artists, which is funny because a lot of people are banning Russian. Like Dostoevsky just got banned from some some places. People are banning... Like uh, FIFA, EA Sports, and the FIFA video game removed the Russian team. Why? Why? Dude, the Russian fucking soccer team didn't do any of this shit. So yeah. stupid. Anyways, um, <clears throat> in 2015, Ukraine had banned Russian artists along with other works of Russian culture from entering the country. Ironically, Love in the Big City 2 was also banned in Ukraine because it was filmed in Russia. Uh, in 2015, Zelensky became... So this, this I just want to be clear about this. Ukraine has been banning artists and jailing political opponents and a lot of stuff. This is important context, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. What I said before is that the Russian government and the Ukrainian government aren't that far apart in in principle. No. Like, the the Russian government obviously is to blame for this encroachment, but anyways... um, in 2015, Zelensky became the star of a Ukrainian television series called Servant of the People, where he played the role of the president of Ukraine. Uh, the show was based around Zelensky's character, a high school history teacher who won the presidential election after a viral video made him famous. 
Um, in 2015, Zelensky recreated a scratch sketch from Servant of the People in front of a live audience in which he played Hava Nagila on a piano with his dick. <laughs> now, you can look that up. It's on YouTube. Uh, there is video of the current president of Ukraine pretending to play the piano with his dick. So, there you go. Now on to Vladimir Zelensky with two eyes, the politician. Uh, Zelensky's political career began in 2018 after members of the Guardo 95 comedy group started a political party named after the TV show Servant of the People. But you're not joking. No. They, they, this is like Wag the Dog, that, that movie from back in the day with Dennis Leary. I mean, it's like... But he's really pretending... He, yes, yes. But he's it's, really... It's really... This, this whole thing is so fucking bizarre. So, in December 2018, Zelensky led an almost entirely viral campaign to unseat the previous president, uh, the man I mentioned before, Petro Poroshenko. Uh, before announcing his candidacy, Zelensky was already one of the front runners in the opinion polls, uh, but for the most part kept his intention to run for president under wraps. Finally, on New Year's Eve, uh, he announced his candidacy, which overshadowed the incumbent president's uh, New Year's Eve address. Throughout his election campaign, Zelensky continued to tour and perform with the comedy group, Kvartal 95, and his coverage by the mainstream Ukrainian media was minimal. Uh, concerns were raised due to his campaign, uh, during his campaign due to his connections with the Ukrainian oligarch Ior Kolomoisky. Ior Kolomoisky. Uh, former oblast uh, governor and the third richest person in Ukraine and number three on the list of Focus Magazine's 100 Most Influential uh, Ukrainians. So, Eeyore is the leading partner of the Privat Group or Privat Bank Group, which controls virtually thousands of companies in Ukraine as well as many in the EU, Georgia, Ghana, and Russia. Along with Privat Bank, Eeyore uh, also... It's I-H-O-R. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it sound, it looks like Eeyore to me. Eeyore. Uh, also acted as a de facto chairman of FC uh, uh, Dnipro, whatever the fuck, good luck pronouncing that, which is a Ukrainian soccer club. Uh, in roughly four months, Zelensky gained favor of the populace, winning both first round of elections on March 31st of 2019 and the runoff election on April 21st of 2019. Zelensky was elected president of Ukraine on April 21st, 2019, beating Poroshenko with nearly 73% of the vote. So the third richest dude in Ukraine took this actor who was pretending to be president under his wing and paid for him to become president. It's crazy. Just to be clear, that is what happened here. Okay, good. Zelensky was uh, inaugurated... On May 20th, 2019, in a ceremony attended by officials from Georgia, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Hungary, the, the EU, and the U.S. His election made history as he was not only the first Jewish president of Ukraine, but also only the second country to have a Jewish president and prime minister. Crazy. Mm. Um, and, and it's crazy that he's Jewish, but there's Nazi militaries. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, that's, it's, Europe has a, a fascism problem. It yeah. has for a hundred years now. Yeah. In his inaugural address, uh, Zelensky dissolved the 
the then Ukrainian parliament and called for early parliamentary elections, which weren't due until later that year. So that means he uh, basically wiped out. He fired everybody that he thought may oppose him and then tried to hold new elections to get all of his sycophants into office. Uh, The reason we're going through this is to show that Vladimir Putin is a cunt, 100%. But Vladimir Zelensky is is also a cunt, and he's being led around by the nose by the third richest dude in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, After the inauguration, Zelensky appointed a man named uh, Andriy Bodin as head of the presidential administration of Ukraine. Bodin is notable for being the former lawyer of the aforementioned oligarch. Oligarch Eeyore. Eeyore, I like that Eeyore. Uh, As well as uh, not technically being eligible to hold office until 2024 due to his position in a previous administration, which was the Azarov government, 2012-2014. So this dude was in the government before, placed there by Eeyore, who's a rich dude. Um, He's the attorney. So this is like... uh, if 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 uh, Trump had like appointed his top attorney like Rudy Giuliani as yeah. the fucking as some kind of government position as prime minister or some shit like that, like what the fuck, man? Yeah. Are you kidding me? What the fuck? Um, um, yeah, it's stupid. Zelensky also appointed one of his former Kvartal uh, ninety five colleagues, Ivan Bankov, Bakhtov, Bakhtov, Bakhtov. Uh, as deputy head of the Ukraine Secret Wait, Service. Wait, so he made his fucking comedy troupe buddy the deputy head of the Ukrainian Secret Service. Amazing. What the fuck kind of crony bullshit yeah. is that? Request by Zelensky to replace the foreign minister, defense minister, and head of Ukraine's security service was rejected by parliament. On May 28th of 2019, Zelensky restored Ukrainian citizenship of Kahil. No. What? I have no idea how to Cahill, say this. Sok- Sokashvili. Well, you guys say that yeah. shit, right? Uh, yeah, good luck pronouncing that. Who uh, who served as the third president of Georgia between 2004 and 2013? Um, Sokashvili, whatever, also served as governor of Ukraine's Odessa Oblast from 2015 until 2016. Zelensky attempted to enta- enact... Uh, an initiative to reintroduce criminal liability for illegal enrichment in the parliament's agenda, which was rejected in June of 2019. Later so that's that- another, that's the second attempt. Despite the shady way that Zelensky came into power and trying to name his buddies to random fucking jobs, this, that's the second time that the parliament had to stop him from yeah. doing fucked up shit, just to be clear. All right. Later, later that month, it was announced... Which is good because he replaced the whole parliament, right? Um, Later that month, it was announced that the president's initiative uh, to remove immunity from lawmakers, diplomats, and judges would be submitted after July 2019 uh, 2019 parliamentary elections. That's crazy. Now, this is where it gets super interesting Mm -hmm. for the United States. Aside from whatever, um, a, a lot of people feel like Getting Zelensky in power, and then even the the guy before, or two guys before him, uh, with Obama, that there was like kind of a U.S. led coup almost. Um, a lot of people think that way. This is a more modern example of U.S. involvement over there. So, in June of 2019, Zelensky dismissed the heads of 15 Ukrainian oblasts uh, and the heads of Ukrainian Secret Service departments in five of them, along with asking Parliament to remove the count, uh, country's prosecutor general from office. Um, the prosecutor general in question was uh, 
Yuri Lutsenko, a central figure in the Hunter Biden scandal. Wow. Lutsenko is said to have met with Rudy Giuliani on multiple occasions to uncover evidence corrupting uh, evidence of corruption involving Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, the big guy, right? The big guy. Um, and we have bank transfers from the former wife, the, the wife of the former ex-wife of the former mayor of Moscow. Uh, $3 million, I think, going from her to Hunter Biden's uh, law firm or whatever the fuck his whatever thing he was a partner in. There's all sorts of evidence surrounding this. So take all the the information that you've heard about Hunter Biden's involvement with Burisma and the consulting firm that uh, uh, that uh, Chris Hines, uh, uh, John Kerry's stepson, we did a show on this uh, involved in. We've, we've already ago. we've done a show on this already. Take all that information and then map it on to what you're about to hear. Yeah. Um, he so in July of 2019, Trump allegedly pressured Zelensky to reinstate Lutsenko and threatened to withhold 400 million uh, in previously promised military and security aid if the prosecutor was not reinstated. And in addition, Trump has also purportedly demanded that Zelensky announce an investigation of the business dealings of Hunter Biden. Um, in September of 2019, a transcript of a phone conversation between Trump and Zelensky was released on the same day. The two leaders held a joint press conference during the conference. Zelensky told reporters, we had, I think, a good phone call. It was normal. We spoke about many things. So I think that nobody pushed me. That's Zelensky saying that he didn't feel like Trump was trying to fucking yeah. leverage him, which is what he got impeached for the yeah, first yeah. time, right? Uh, usually if, uh, if you go to court for doing something against somebody and the person that you did it against says, no, they didn't do something against me, whatever that happens to be. Then the court is like, okay, this was a waste of time. Yep. Thank you. Uh, the next day, Zelensky again claimed that Trump had not made any demands and that the new prosecutor general would investigate all cases without prejudice. Um, Zelensky later said during a press conference that he had only learned of the blockage of military aid after the initial call between him and Trump saying, quote, we didn't speak about this. There was no blackmail. Let's say that again. Zelensky said, we didn't speak about this. There was no blackmail. But you know what there was? There was Hillary Clinton paying a foreign intelligence agent to create the Steele dossier, which was completely fucking fabricated. That really happened to everybody. Just, we're, we're, we've memory hold that a little bit, but that yeah. actually happened. And everything they said Trump did, none of it was real. Uh, according to the New York Times, the U.S. Special Envoy to Ukraine had drafted a statement for Zelensky uh, to sign in August of 2019, which would commit Ukraine to investigating Burisma Holdings, the company Hunter Biden had worked for, as well as the allegations that Ukraine interfered with the 2016 election to benefit Hillary Clinton. Uh, on September 22nd, 2019, Trump acknowledged that he had discussed Joe Biden during a call with Zelensky in July, saying, quote, the conversation I had was largely congratulatory, uh, largely corruption. All of the corruption taking place uh, was largely the fact that we don't want our people like Vice President Biden and his son contributing to the corruption already in Ukraine. Uh, Trump denied that his hold on military aid for Ukraine was linked to the Ukrainian government's refusal to investigate the Hunter Biden uh, controversy. Now, just to wrap up on all that, here's what actually happened according to the evidence and the alleged victim, which would be Ukraine and Zelensky. This prosecutor who had pretty much Hunter Biden in a corner, a lot of evidence, a lot of evidence suggesting that 
Joe Biden himself was receiving payoffs. And everybody remembers Biden telling his fucking tough guy story about he, he said, well, we're going to withhold a billion dollars in aid if you don't fire this guy right now. And son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's on camera admitting to blackmail. And then Zelensky's on camera saying that Trump did not blackmail him. And, and now, now the federal government is investigating Hunter Biden again because they know they can't ignore this evidence anymore. And, uh, and if anything, Zelensky would have, if there was any chance that he blackmailed him, would have told. Oh, fuck yeah. He would be talking, he, especially after like Trump didn't get reelected in the January 6th thing. He, Zelensky had all the political capital and cover in the world he would ever need to say, you know what? I didn't want to start any shit back then because Trump was still president. Russia was still on our ass. But now that he's gone, here's what really happened. Well, that hasn't happened. He hasn't said shit like that. Not one fucking prayer he's going to either. Zelensky, the war hero. Now, this is the part where, so it goes from actor comedian to installing a puppet regime from Eeyore, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, now back to acting again. This is yeah. my opinion. I think he's a crisis actor. Since April 2021, in response to the buildup of Russian troops on the border, Zelensky has urged NATO members to speed up Ukraine's request for partnership, which, which Putin basically had two things. Like, get your shit off my border, and, and there's a whole you can't video be part of, of NATO. Him. There's a whole video of Putin explaining this shit. Like, he says... And look, we're not taking Putin's side. No, 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 no. But I do think during Fuck the negotiation, Putin. it is important to understand the grievance of the other party. Well, I just don't know why. Like, have you noticed, like, we don't get to hear Putin's speeches? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, who's going to play him? But it's like during their, during their agreements in the early 90s, uh, and Putin references this a lot, uh, <clears throat> the exact phrase, I think, was not one inch east, right? NATO won't move one inch to the east. Like, you, you Ukraine... Uh, gets its independence, gives up its nukes, and NATO will stay where it is. Yeah, and that has not happened. No. Nope. Now, whatever, right? Yeah, whatever. It, it's yeah. honestly, Ukraine has the right to join NATO if they want. They have the right. They're they're working on joining the EU right now. This, but uh, in the video that you can find all over Twitter, you can see Putin discussing this. He says, "Well, what if, uh, what if the what if Russia or China were putting." missiles between the border are like in Canada or in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Right. Like how would you guys react to that? And I think that's a fucking fair question to ask. And, uh, in November of 2021, Zelensky accused Russian or Russia and Ukrainian oligarch were not whatever, of backing a plan, backing a plan to overthrow his government in January of 2022. Zelensky called on the West to not create a panic amongst Ukrainians over a potential Russian invasion, saying the contestant warning warnings were putting the economy at risk on the morning of February 24th, Russia launched an attack on Ukraine, opening up with a salvo of missile strikes on military and civilian sites. I want to say this, like, I never thought they would invade. I truly didn't. And maybe I was being optimistic or, or just an idiot, but... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was... They put 180,000 people on the border. Um, Russia isn't North Korea, right? Yeah. So North Korea will do that, and then they'll just fucking make up some excuse to go home. Russia usually... They're, they still fight like it's the 19th century. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, or maybe the early 20th where you take some ground and you pause and refuel and take some ground. In America, we're used to like 
saturating a place and then fighting an insurgency yeah. afterwards. And I don't think uh, Putin wants to fight an insurgency. And by the way, things are only going to get worse. For sure. Like, I think we're about four weeks away from Kiev falling. Um, I think it'll fall faster than that. It's it's we'll see maybe it could I, four four it's, to six weeks as soon as guess. he gets caught up with his supplies yeah it's on. well I mean that's what they're doing right now they're building up uh, the same thing they did to the state the entire country of Ukraine which is making a U shape around it giving people opportunity to flee out of the back door but anybody that stays and fights now we're gonna yeah. fight you and we're gonna surround you well right? in Russia kind of like. They do like a three prong approach, right? Like yep. the first guys they send in are like they're scrubs. Yeah, it, like, they're they're like, they fucking seventeen to nineteen year olds that yeah. didn't, some of them probably didn't even know they were deploying but, to a combat. Zone. But by the end of this, like they're gonna send in their spec ops, and it's gonna be like shit through a goose. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. Um, um, as the conflict has progressed, Zelensky has become uh, a prominent figure on traditional and social media due to his refusal to leave the country and and insistence on leading the fight from the ground. He has widely been described as a national hero being compared to figures such as Winston Churchill and has perpetually survived at least one major assassination attempt by Russian and Chechen troops. Um, His response to the Russian invasion has been lauded by precious critics uh, previous critics and political opponents and is honestly impressive for a man who started off as an actor and comedian. The biggest lesson to be learned from his career is that playing a piano with your cock can take you places if you have gumption and a can-do attitude. I agree with that. Um, I mean, look, I, I, mean, I, I mean, first off, like trying to find him and kill him, it, I mean, he's in a city the size of Chicago. Yeah, it's going to be... To, I, I'm not 100% sure that Zelensky's even in that city, to be honest. But if he is, it's going to be tough to find him. Uh, it'll be less tough when they have uh, Kiev surrounded, start shelling it a little bit more and moving armor through it, and then people start to flee out of the back door. It'll be a little bit easier to find him after that, if indeed he is there. Um, but, you know, Russia's facing its own shit. I think... Uh, they, what probably happened in Russia is what happens here in America is that generals are too fucking big of cowards to actually admit what the realistic conditions on the ground are. Yeah. So they feed, you know, a line of bullshit up through the defense ministries uh, or defense department here in the U.S. And then you get on the ground and shit's totally different than what you thought it was. Um, yeah. But with a with a a military like Russia's, the first conscript wave, if you're going to base your forecast of the rest of the conflict or war based on how that happened, then you're fucking dumb because that is not how that works at all. Um, There's a 40 mile long convoy of armor. I will say this, that 40 mile long convoy just got fucked up a little bit. Yeah. 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 It would be, it'll be interesting to see how that goes because uh, being stationary and armor is not a good idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get, Especially when we're sending javelin. But let's don't underestimate, like, you know, this isn't like us going over to Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, the psychological factor for, for the, you know, the humanization piece of it, I mean, I don't want this to sound terrible, but it's real. Mm. Like, we had nothing to relate to those people. Yeah. These people are neighbors. These are cousins. I mean, cousins. I mean, like I said before, uh, what Jack Carr talked about on Drinker Bros this week and what uh, uh, Accidental Superpower talks about is that a large portion of Ukraine are ethnic Russians, right? Yeah. The, the Rus, 
Roos, however you say it. I don't know how you say the word, but um, you know that's a that's a big deal. And I think Russia's kind of getting uh, uh, more than what they bargained for right now. Oh, but for sure. not not just the conflict in Ukraine and and that stuff and supply line issues and things like that, uh, but back home as well. Do you now, think they'll kill Zelensky? They're going to try, yeah. Uh, but I think. Um, the word on the street is that Putin's about to declare martial law inside of Russia, right? Which is that, that means he doesn't feel like he has control at home either. Yeah. Um, limits his options a little bit. Um, doesn't look good on the international stage, although I'm not sure how terribly concerned he is with that. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's very concerned. I, um, yeah, I was, I was told yesterday that, that kind of the main concerns on the ground is, is that, um, you know the Ukrainian troops are asking everybody like they're they're making you prove that you don't speak Russian. How do you prove you don't speak don't, a language? I don't know. Like don't you know. yell something in Russian to them. There's a lot of Russian speakers in Ukraine. I got it. And the Russian that's and Ukrainian languages are not very far apart. I think that's what they're like. That's concerning them. Yeah, I mean that's we we saw this with the uh, the Baltic wars as well. Slobodan Milosevic was a piece of shit, but just the overall us versus them ethnic minority versus nationalism kind of situation is it, it sets it kind of sets things up for atrocities to happen yeah. so that's something that uh ukraine if they want to right now ukraine has the moral high ground on the world stage uh russia doesn't as a matter of fact uh i don't know how likely it is but there's some talk about russia being removed as a permanent security council member uh, and, and the UN, but I honestly, I think if that happened, then China would just fucking leave the UN maybe, or, or boycott the UN or something like that. And then the UN would be nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So who knows what's going to happen? Um, I just, the whole point of this episode is not to, um, pick a side, pick a side. I'm not denigrating Ukraine necessarily. I just want you to understand that a little bit about the history of the situation that they've had, you know, leaders on both sides that are corrupt as fuck in, in the Ukraine. I mean, uh, they've had leaders on both sides of this argument who have been corrupt over the last 15 years. And obviously we know that Putin's a piece of shit and he's corrupt as fuck and, uh, just a straight up fucking murderer. So, uh, what we're doing right now, we need to be really careful. Uh, it's like that old, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Charlie Wilson's War, but they kind of paraphrase this old saying from back in the day. And it's like, uh, things keep happening and people are like, oh, isn't that good? And like, well, we'll see, right? Yeah. Actually, what he said in the in the actual quote is maybe, but it's like, uh, <clears throat> oh, uh, your son broke his leg. Like, oh, that's terrible. And the guy responds, maybe. Yeah. And then the country goes to war and his son doesn't have to go to war. Right. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, that's good. And he goes, well, maybe. Right. And then some other stuff happens. Maybe we never know how these things are going to turn out. I think a measured approach, one that takes into account more than just right now, people are reacting based on emotion. Yeah. And that is never a good idea when it comes well, to fucking armed conflict. And I stop listening when someone says, well, Putin, you know what Putin was thinking. It's like, how the fuck do you know? What <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but I'll tell you where I will see you. See you in hell. See you in hell.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save 